In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. everybody just a quick note before we get going here in this episode there are discussions of domestic violence and assault if that is not for you if that is triggering please meet us back next week and don't listen to this episode thanks so much so I never expected that in multiple weeks we'd have to be talking about the importance of memories to who we are as people (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. it seems to be a running theme of the things we've talked about lately. So Amy, just checking in, you're not trying to tell me you're suffering from like early onset dementia or anything, right? Uh, well, I wasn't, but I have a pretty bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I mean, that is, that is something that I do know about myself. Yeah. I mean, maybe then that just means you get to, like, reset your personality every couple years. Well, yikes. That makes me sound like sort of a psychopath. But, no, yeah, I have a very, and it's not, it's kind of like a mix between short-term and long-term, but definitely long-term. And I definitely have, like, blank spots. I might have a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like maybe you need the intervention of a professional. Not like a professional that we saw in this film that we're going to talk about today, but some kind of professional. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay, but but yeah, I do have, you know, if I get together with people I know from high school or college and they, like, tell me a thing or a thing that we once did or a memory... It will, it will come back to me, but it's not something I would have been able to access on my own. Uh, well, I mean, that's fair enough, like, in part because, like, part of the reason maybe those people remember things in a certain way is because to them it was important in a way that to you it maybe wasn't. Um, and so for you, your, your mind was like, oh no, I'll like file that somewhere else. Cause I don't really need it. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely... Yeah, my memory is not good. That's Ah, what I will say. Well, God, I didn't mean for this to be like (laughs) such a serious opening. I was more just like surprised that this has been like... But I don't think that it's early onset dementia because it's been this way for a while and I think I can still function day to day. (laughs) Yes, and you do seem quite a bit different than our respective grandmothers where that's a real (laughs) reality. (laughs) Yikes. Yes, I'm not... I mean... Right, and they're both like 90 and 90 plus, so yeah. it's you know makes a little more sense. Um, no, I am very aware of my surroundings and 
you know, I know what year it is. <laughs> like, That's important. I got the basics down. Yeah. But if you ask me, like, what was that person's name in high school, like, I might not remember. Well, I'm not sure that that necessarily indicates any sort of actual <laughs> problem. Um, here's, though, here's a little thing to help us get back into maybe slightly lighter territory. Um <laughs> If you were concerned and you wanted to, like, access memories that you felt like you should have but, like, for whatever reason Mm. aren't there, would Mm -hmm. you want to use hypnosis to do it? No. I don't – well, I mean mm. (laughs) – I mean, also, just to check in, you have never been hypnotized, I assume. No. No, I haven't. And I, like, waver between whether I believe in it or not. Like, I, I guess I'm a pretty. I feel like I don't believe in the kind of hypnotism that's like on a Vegas stage show where it's like I do sure. this and then you bark like a dog or like you know I don't. Yeah, but you know what I've heard about that type? Like, yes, I I feel the same. But I've seen videos where people like do that, and the hip hypnotist person, yeah, kind of kind of what this this one person that I've seen, his explanation of it is a little less like you're totally like at the will and you're crazy and you're not yourself or whatever. It's more like you just are so relaxed. You're in this suggestible state that you You don't don't question inhibitions. Yeah. And that I could buy that like the human mind probably gets to a place where it's tired and is like, okay, somebody else is driving the bus. Like I'll go with it. Yeah. Or like definite, or maybe like, like if we think about it, like, the way different substances make you not worry about social conventions, right? Like you just yeah. don't have inhibitions. And so it's like, I don't, I'm not worried about if I look stupid. So yeah. you asked me to do this thing, I guess I'll do it. Like, sure, I guess. Yeah, so, so my answer is, I, my like knee jerk reaction was like, no, definitely not. I wouldn't do that. And now the more I think about it, like maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it would be cool to have someone else tell me what to maybe do. Maybe it would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't but, think I would want to do it on a stage in Vegas. I would no. feel very vulnerable. But but maybe if I, like, invited a hypnotist to my house, maybe. I mean, and that, that was the other thing. I was like, there's, like, hypnotism that's for these, like, stagey reasons. But then there's, like, I guess I might call it, like, therapeutic hypnotism that is meant yeah. to, like, do something. And I know that that exists in, like, psycho- psychology, certain, like, psychological schools of thought do a bit of that um for like Mm -hmm. I guess like you can use it maybe to do things like stopping smoking and other types of things yeah so I don't think it's completely without merit um I'm not sure that what we saw in this week's movie accurately represents how any of it works this goes a lot farther than that I think this um this takes it to another level. Indeed. So why don't you tell, hello everyone, welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh. I am joined with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you tell our eager listeners what we are discussing this week? So we're discussing a movie that came out in October, actually, of 2020, I believe is what I looked up. No one even um, knew that it happened because I don't even nope. know. Speaking of memory... 2020, mostly wiped from my mind. Yeah, I mean, and, like, what I, I can't, I didn't see if you wrote it on here. Oh, what I noticed 
in okay so the movie is called black box and um i'm assuming that in a parallel universe where 2020 happened a different way mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie was supposed to come out in theaters i would guess I'm um, not totally sure, to be honest, no? because oh, really? this is an Amazon Originals whole series of movies. Yeah, I read something about that, too, and I didn't get it. Well, the point, the only reason I said that was because what I read about, like, budget versus... Um, oh, like, uh, performance uh, in yeah, box office. Yeah, box office was not good. So I would have thought that they, that like... Doesn't necessarily surprise me but i mean no, this is yeah, a good movie it, but it doesn't yeah no it was so like the budget was around 10 million and like the box office was like one hundred twenty-five thousand or something like that so not good but also because 2020 people weren't going to the movies right. and then right you know i don't know what they're counting in terms of like downloads and streams and that kind right. of stuff yeah. but anyway for 10 million dollars i don't know that seems like a lot for a thing that they would just want streaming anyway Black mm-hmm. Box from 2020 yeah. Yeah, so, is what we're talking about. And it's, um, just to like flesh out what Amy was just saying, this is um, a Blumhouse production. Blumhouse is, you would probably know more about this than I, Amy, but like it's a very noted, semi-recent um, horror production and company um, yeah. responsible for movies such as Paranormal Activity, Insidious, Get Out, and The Purge, but there are many others. Those are some of yeah. just kind of the notable ones that Blumhouse has done. Um, uh-huh. And this is actually, Black Box is the second movie released on Amazon, as an Amazon original, um, in an eight-movie deal that uh, Blumhouse made with Amazon. And, it, and so this movie is part of a series known as Welcome to the Blumhouse um, so in 2020... And do the movies have anything to do with each other or no? They're just like... I don't think so. I th- yeah. Like, they're just kind of... They're, they're the series, of, but I'm not yeah. sure that there's any real connections between them. So yeah. th- uh, Black Box comes out in 2020 as part of a series of four movies. Um, the other three are called The Lie, Evil Eye, and Nocturne. And then this year... Four additional movies are going to come out as part of this Welcome to the Blumhouse series. Hmm. Um, I didn't catch the names of those, but if I think probably some of them are already out now, would be my guess. Um, and uh, this particular movie, since it's pretty new, there isn't very much online um, of note to share or to say about like production or anything like that. Um, but what I will say is that this... A uh, particular movie is a debut for the writer-director, Emmanuel Ossé-Kufour. Um, and I thought it was pretty good. I like. I feel like it's a very strong first showing for a new writer-slash-director. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. It's interesting. I would say it's, you know, quite different than anything I've seen. And not that I've seen all that much, but... And even though, like, I the one little thing I saw... Um, and I think it was in the part of the Wikipedia page talking about, like, Rotten Tomatoes, is that, um, like, this is maybe a, a, a bit predictable in terms of where the story goes. That being oh, really? said... I don't know that I, I thought I thought the reveal that. was pretty good. Like... Yeah, I don't think I... I don't think... 
that makes me feel dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, think I was, I was rather surprised, surprised when I saw that because I was like, I don't know if it was so predictable, but you know what um, I would say about it though is that it is classified as sci-fi horror, which is why we're doing it for Spooky Month. Hello, right. um, but in my, the whole time I was watching it, I was like. Is that what I would call this? Like, I, I mean, mean, I guess it is technically, but fiction-y. I, I would maybe say <laughs> a thriller rather than I would horror. say more likely, yeah, like psychological thriller is more yeah. where like I yeah. was leaning. But hey, it said sci-fi horror, so here we go, guys. Indeed. Don't come at us. Um, no one has come at us because we don't even have a Twitter or any place that they That's can. That's true. <laughs> so. I know, but I'm just saying in your brains, don't be like, oh, yeah. these idiots. Yeah. Um. The other thing that, as always, I enjoy in any of the things we watch, uh, and it's mainly because of how much work I have to do in the outlines rather than anything else, there's <laughs> hardly any characters in this uh, that, that. that we need to know and understand who they are to understand the story. Um, and I have, like, a, a very, um, I will say there's a large, or a, I don't know the way to say it, it's like a wide swing of emotions for me about the actors in this movie. Interesting. We'll get there, but I have some, I don't know if they're hot takes, but I'm not really, (laughs) I'm not really a Felicia Rashad fan. Really? That is a hot take, I feel. Is it? Well, I feel, we don't, we don't got to get into it, but she's a bit, she's, you know, I'll just say that she's still on Bill Cosby's side. So like not cool with that. Oh, that I don't love. And I felt like her character was a bit of a um, abuse apologist too. So anyway, not a huge fan. Yes, Uh, certainly that. But that's... On the flip side, the girl who played the the, daughter was brilliant in my opinion. Oh yeah, she was great. Um, And I realized there's one person I forgot to add to this um, cast of characters. So I'm just pulling up his thing now um she was an abuse apologist uh but that was the character so i don't i know i get it i mean uh it's complicated if felicia rashad is still on bill cosby's side because then is she an abuse apologist that's a bit different um correct so anyway let's start with the central figure a guy known as nolan who is played Mm -hmm. by Mamadou Athi, who is 33, um, who was born in Mauritania. um, Hmm. And then at some point in his life, uh, I think, I forget now the storyline, but like, anyway, his parents immigrated to the United States. um, Mm -hmm. And his first kind of significant acting break was in The Get Down, uh, which is... I think that was a Netflix show. Um, And then he's had a few kind of longer TV arcs uh, over the 2010s. Um, And then there's this movie, which I would say is probably up to this point, his biggest role. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's also got an upcoming uh, appearance in the latest Jurassic World chronicle or whatever i liked him i thought he was very good No, i thought he was really good um for sure and does a really good job in this role which Mm -hmm. at the start might seem like a very basic thing to do but when the twist comes yeah there's uh, some weird nuanced stuff that i felt like he did quite well and i didn't really pay attention to it until i was doing the outline and then i was like oh yeah there's all this (laughs) these clues that i missed out on um 
Next, of course, is uh, Felicia Rashad playing Dr. Lillian Brooks. Um, Felicia Rashad is 72, or she was when this movie came out. Um, I thought what was really interesting is, like, so she is from Texas originally. That's where her parents, uh, where she was born. And mm-hmm. her parents actually decided to take her and her siblings to Mexico for a time in the 1950s when uh, Felicia Rashad was relatively young. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason they decided to do that was because they wanted to get a break from all the terrible racism of the United States. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah. Um, as a result of that time, apparently Felicia Rashad is fluent in Spanish, which I didn't know. Cool. Um, she, in, and in this sense, she kind of reminds me of her character that she's like this very accomplished, you know, mm-hmm. older black woman. Uh, cause her, her life sounded really interesting. She graduated from Howard and then went I on I think she was the dean acting. of Howard up until recently or it maybe oh, still really? is. Oh, really? Okay. That's partially why, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it again. That's partially why she got a lot of heat for saying stuff about Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby because sure. she, you know, is in a position of power at a college. Sure. And, yeah. you know. And anyway. colleges have their own sexual assault problems Correct. going on. Correct. So. And if your dean is someone who's going to be an apologist for that, right. like, not not, uh, not a good look. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I, I really love her, at least her career. I, I really admire. Yeah, her career is great. Um, and she's done an excellent job in everything that I've ever seen her in. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, and I really thought she did an excellent job in this. Like the type of woman that she she plays is, um, ruthless and, yeah, and uncompromising, you know, um, and we'll get into She's it. She's a bit of a, what's the, yeah, we, I guess that would give it away. Tiger yes, mom, she is. maybe. Yeah, that is what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> um, and she doesn't seem it in, immediately at first. And so that's also why I mm-hmm. think she did such a good job in this. It's like you don't mm-hmm. pick up on it until quite a bit later. Um, yeah. And so she's been in a bunch of stuff. We all know about the Cosby show. I kind of forgot that there was, so there was the original Cosby show and then there was a f- weird follow-on called Cosby, where it was a whole different family. It wasn't the Huxtables. Um, oh, really? And she was in that, too? And she was in that, too. As his wife, again? I think so. That's um, bizarre. I didn't remember that. Um, but more recently, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, she's been in a TV version of Steel Magnolias, where it was all black actors, Hmm. Um, and then some episodes of Empire, and then she played a smallish character that, but important in Jingle Jangle, which was a Christmas movie from last oh, year that I quite enjoyed. I can't remember her being, I can't, I forgot she was in that or didn't yeah. remember. Um, and she's still got various things coming down the pike. So hmm. whatever else might happen so far, she's still working and probably, uh, yeah, I don't think it really like, yeah, good career. Yeah. Oh, I mean. My opinions of her don't really, you know, <laughs> change you mean, the trajectory of her career. You're not like a career. major influencer in Hollywood? No, I'm not a producer. I'm not a casting director. Oh, I don't man. have any pull. What, like, when is this podcast going to get us some kind of influence when is, over something? I swear <laughs> to God. Um, the next character we need to know is uh, a little girl named Ava. Played really well, I agree with you, by a young actor named Amanda Christine, um, who 
And I think I've noticed this with other, like, child actors. I think their parents purposefully hide their age. Like Yeah, that I'm sure. And I because... don't mean hide from, like, employer, but I mean hide from the internet. Sure. So that they yeah. can kind of play, let's Younger, say, between 8 any. and 12 for a longer time than they would ever be. Absolutely. 8 or 12. Yeah. Um, so for that, sure. She's in that category at the moment. Okay. Um, but she's been a really successful child actor. She already has 15 credits on IMDb. Um, wow. And they span, like, I think the earliest one is something like, let's see, 2015 or something. So she's got, done hmm. quite a lot in a relatively short period of time. Hmm. Um, and one of the more recent things she's done is she's the lead character in something called Ada Twist Scientist. And I'm like, that sounds great. Whoa. What a great what the kids' heck show. Is that? I don't know. I, I just like the name of it. And I'm like, I bet is that's it like cute. Zoom? I don't know. I don't know. It's a little girl doing science, I presume. Cute. I don't really know. Um, And then the last character we need to know for the moment is a character called Gary, played by an actor named Tosin Morohunfola, who I believe is 32. He also is someone who has hidden his age on the (laughs) web, uh, perhaps for different reasons, but I don't know. Um, similar to Mamadou Athi, his parent, parents are African, uh, migrants. They hail from Nigeria. He grew up in Kansas City. Um, and he is still, I would say he's like maybe a couple years behind Mamadou Athi in terms of like mm-hmm. his career. He's coming up uh, yeah, a little bit more. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, it seems like. I liked him too. I thought he was I very thought he good was really as well. Good. And like, so I would say Mamadou Athi is like about to be someone that you'll see pretty regularly and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Tosin Morohunfola is probably more like he, a couple years out from that. Got maybe, it. Maybe a little okay. bit more. Um, but he does have three things in production right now. So, again, I think in a few years we might see and hear about him more. Um, cool. But that's all we need to know. And as you rightly pointed out when you selected this movie... Um, this is an entirely black cast. Um, certainly mm-hmm. of all the meaningful characters are black. Um, and that's good because in sci-fi, that's tough. It tends to be a bit white. It does. <laughs> um, especially when you, we, like, we've been in a lot of older movies lately, and so it's mm-hmm. even more that. Um, so it was just nice to have a little break from that. I would say what's interesting about this movie is race very much matters here to how the story mm-hmm. plays out, but it it's a light touch. It's a nuanced thing. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Books is driven by her own desires for achievement yeah. as well as personal reasons right. to make this work. So that's right. I think that is a good setup to where we're going today. So yeah. we begin... Um, by watching what is quite obviously like kind of home movie footage uh, of a man holding a little baby and a woman's voice off camera saying like, that's your daughter, blah, 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 you know, like saying whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I gotta say, like, when I, that's supposed to be nice, right? Like that's a nice moment and you're like (laughs) capturing something nice. But there's something when you know 
that this is a horror movie and that's the start. I'm like, oh, this is about to go, this is bad. This is, if this is, we're starting with this nice homey image, something's going to go really fucking wrong because yeah, it's like the the setup is meant to be jarring, right? Right. Well, whenever like home videos are a little off-putting to me and not like, (laughs) because I feel like it's always like in movies or on TV, they're off-putting because you're especially in, in a horror movie because you're right. You know that it's like, oh, this Something's is going to get go shattered. Yeah. yeah, this is going to go wrong. If it's in like a TV show or a commercial, you're like, oh, those people got killed by drunk drivers. Like it's <laughs> like this is it just feels dark. You know that like this is yeah, you're like, how is the family? The how is the family going to be shattered or broken yes. apart in some way? It's not just going to be like, oh, that's sweet. The end. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice 30 second movie. Um, yeah. So we we see this and then we see then the camera kind of pulls back and we see that Nolan is watching these home movies on his television. He's also got like photographs of his family kind of like spread out in front of him. And so immediately when I was watching this, my first note is, is the kid dead? Oh, <laughs> I like, see, I knew the- I knew from reading the description like what this is, what was happening. Yeah, because I was like, oh, must be dead kid. That's where we're going with <laughs> this movie. Um, so then he falls asleep on the couch, looking at watching these videos, looking at these pictures, and yeah. when he's asleep, what happens to him? Yeah, he has this like dream. Uh, and something, it's dark, right? Yeah. Like, it's super, yeah. it's super dark, and you hear, I can't remember if it was this way in this first dream that he has, but you hear, like, this weird kind of, like, almost like, it sounded like dog's toenails on the floor. Yeah. That's a and good description. Very, very specific and very helpful. <laughs> I have a dog that has very long toenails. So, it sounded like that. And then something like sneaks up and grab like grabs him, but it's kind of uh, we don't see yeah. what it is. Yeah, we just I think we maybe see kind of like a hand or something. Some so you know he's grabbed, but yeah. you don't really know what else. And yeah. right as he's being grabbed, he's being woken up by his daughter Ava, who's kind of like shaking him. And mm-hmm. so yeah, so my notes are: Is the kid dead? Question mark. Dad gets grabbed from behind. Daughter wakes him up. Parentheses. What? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) So I was having a real interesting first few minutes with this movie. Well, Um, we're not supposed to get it yet, though. No, we're not. That's the thing. We're not. Like, I'm I'm not blaming myself nor the writer for that. I was just like, wow, (laughs) we're dropped right in and I'm not totally sure what's happening. But then it becomes very clear, like... Um, Ava and Nolan are, like, in the bathroom. He's brushing his teeth, and she's talking to him. Um, and, like, kind of, uh, talking to him in this particular way. And you're like, okay, so he's getting ready for a job interview. And then she's, like, holding a photo of some woman up. And she's like, who is this? And he's like, this Mm -hmm. is Karen. This is who I'm going to have my interview with. And Mm -hmm. I think this is also, like, while this is happening, there are, like, um there's a shot of the house and you see notes on like different surfaces mm-hmm. and you're like, okay. So it seems like maybe the dad has some sort of issue. Brain. Not clear. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Ava leaves the room, and this is like, this is the stuff where at the time I didn't notice it. Um, I mean, I noticed it enough to write it down, but I didn't think about it in the context of the story. When she mm -hmm. leaves the room, he looks at himself in the mirror in this like... Confused way. Yeah, like he doesn't mm -hmm. recognize himself or something. Mm. Um, meanwhile, while this kind of like... And he's like getting dressed and he's doing various things and then he looks in the mirror and it's like he doesn't expect himself to be there, if that makes sense, in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Um, and while that kind of like domestic stuff is also happening, we as the audience hear a voicemail that's just some lady's voice talking into the ether saying something about like we, we would like you to participate in this study um, for people suffering with memory issues and and then you're like okay so he's got some kind of like head injury head something okay got it yeah next now so this is all established that he's um, you know something going on with his memory and his brain and his cognitive function then it cuts to him driving his daughter in a car and I was like, huh? He's allowed to drive? He's fine? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know the science behind amnesia, but like, I think, I think with amnesia, though, that you, you still have like motor function and oh, everything. Yeah. Like, like he, he doesn't have any physical issues. But he doesn't know where anything is. Like she no, has to like, remember. she had to sort of, I think she was like about to tell him like, you have to turn on your signal or like you have to turn left oh, here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the way school is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, he can still physically drive. It seems a, a bit, you know, I don't know. Questionable, I was just, but. I was like, this doesn't seem great. If, like, if he can't remember to turn off the oven, how come he can drive? Like, something, I don't know. And it's true. I don't know yeah. enough about brain injuries or things, um, but it just seemed odd to me. But nonetheless, He's dropping her well, off. He's at allowed school. to have a kid alone in his house. I mean, <laughs> sorry, you just know? the way you put that was very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so Ava has become a little parent to him. Yeah, that's pretty. And obvious. she's so cute. If she's anyone was curious, super cute. She's super cute and super bossy in a fun way. She is bossy, but she's like very strong for like a little kid. I don't yeah. know. We don't know how old she's supposed to be necessarily. No. It's I not, guess maybe we guess like seven. I would say eight, I don't know. Yeah, she's younger than ten. All I gotta close, say is that close to ten. I would somewhere around there would be my guess. But yeah, all I gotta say is that like if I was a kid of that age and my parent, one had died and the other was an amnesiac, I don't think Wolf. I would rise to the occasion no. quite as well. <laughs> no, she is like. Really killing it as I think I would the head have, of household. <laughs> yeah, I think I would not. I would not. I would well. not have thrived in that environment <laughs> at all. Um, and this is where we see, especially this like parent-child relationship being kind of like subverted by virtue of Nolan's um, injuries, because when mm -hmm. he's dropping her off at school, she finds cigarettes in the car, and she's like, "Dad, you don't smoke." Like, um, and Again, this this will turn into a clue. Right. But it's not a clue. I didn't get at it at the, the time moment, either. Because yeah. that is also true of brain injuries, is you do see changes like that. Like mm. not just potentially very big personality changes, but also like, you know, because your brain has been behavioral sha or shaked habits. around. Like I don't know. Yeah. But yikes. Um <laughs> shaked around. 
<laughs> it's like a milkshake in your head, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, shaked, shook, shookened. I don't shookened know. is not it. <laughs> I'm know. not sure what the answer is, but I know it's not shookened. Um, shaken. Maybe it's shaken. Shaken. Yeah. Yeah, shaken. Um, has been shaken. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she gets upset. But then he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. And then um, she's like, but don't forget, go to your interview. This will go great. Yeah. So then does the interview go great? No, it doesn't. And I got a little, like, a little bit annoyed at the interviewer because it. The, here's how it went. It's And we're supposed to believe that this is someone that he's worked with for a long time. Yeah. Like, this they is, seem he's a, not he's a close, photographer. but, like, close yeah. for co-workers, I would say. Yeah, he's, like, a photographer for a magazine is what it seems like, right? Yeah, Something like I that. think so, yeah. So she, it's an interview to, I don't know how it works, but to take more pictures for the magazine I don't know anyway she starts off the interview by like giving him a hug and then saying some things that are like a little bit like borderline in terms of someone who has lost their wife and is like permanently at this moment brain damaged um she says some questionable things like we thought you were gonna die and like (laughs) I didn't remember um, her doing that I mean she didn't say it quite like that but she was like we never thought we'd see you again like we didn't think you'd make it that's just like a little that's yeah I I don't want to know that that was what you were thinking yeah and then she's like so sorry about your wife and la 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 so sad your life is you know really hard oh but also we can't hire you because you suck well yeah (laughs) because that I mean that's again this is another clue for later that's important so yeah and that's interesting and I didn't think about that till the end either but she's like you know your pictures just aren't the same as they used to be like I just I can't I can't justify this right I can't Um, justify hiring you and I'm also like why can't you just say this on the phone a that b that's a little harsh like i understand like companies are companies and like everybody's got a bottom line but like someone's worked for a place for 12 years let's say i think they mentioned and they lose their spouse and have a brain injury and you're gonna be like peace yeah like i don't know that seems shady to me i feel like i would try and do something to be like what if we do like a something else yeah or just like throw them a bone of some sort yeah like maybe maybe you don't use as many of the pictures but you can use some or you can like have them edited a different way or you can I don't know I just feel like come on guys like you're it's like I know companies don't care about humans but like that's a whole other like thing we could get into but this this interview made me sad and mad and and like I said and if you if you truly can't do anything for whatever reason then just call them or have them Please. or do an email. Don't have them come into the office so that you say it to their face. Like, Yeah, and I guess some people would think that that's like nicer um, or more professional, but... I don't feel that way, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, pretty this much weird... any other way that the that, yeah. that it gets done other than the way this lady did it, it felt weird. It felt, yeah. it, it felt wrong. Yeah, and then... So, I mean, but of course for the movie, I think that's the point because um, Nolan leaves the interview that never was, basically. Um, And he's really angry and he's like banging the steering wheel with his hand. And 
I guess we've already noticed that his hand is bandaged up, but like, I guess this was when I especially noticed it. Um, and so you're like, okay, so he's also got a rage problem, uh, which isn't great, but also yeah. I would have been probably pretty upset after that interview too. So like, yeah. no judgment. Um, so then he heads to the hospital where his friend Gary works, because Gary is some kind of doctor. It's never clear to me exactly what type of medicine Gary does, but... No, I didn't get that probably either. Probably not relevant. Um, so Gary, though, similarly notices the bandage on Nolan's hand, and Nolan says, like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal, and Gary's like, well, I'm a doctor and I'm your friend, so I kind of am curious to know what happened. And Nolan reveals that he punched his hand into a wall. Um, and we mm-hmm. see later, he pu- he didn't just punch a wall. He punched through the wall um, fully. You know, there's a big hole. Yeah. Um, and Gary is shocked to hear that because um, he's basically like, you are not, I've never seen you get that angry. You're not a violent person. Um, and there's definitely in these early scenes... Um, Nolan and Ava are referencing some big fight they had in the previous, let's say, 24 to 48 hours. And so I wonder if it was like they got into a fight and Nolan, like, punched the wall and it scared mm. her or something. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's my That sounds like that must happened. be, yeah. Um, so then Gary asks about the job. Nolan's like, no, didn't happen. Um, and he's like, I just really need to get back to myself. And what he means by that is like, he needs his memory back that that is what is kind of standing in his way, uh, to recovering the life or at least somewhat of the life he had before. Cause his wife will still be dead all the same. Um, so then, uh, Gary is like, well, you've tried all of these other traditional treatments. I can't remember yet I no, I don't think we know this yet but eventually we learn that he's six months out from a serious car accident in which his wife dies and he was brain dead for three days um yeah so that's pretty serious very serious and um so he's done all of the traditional treatments for that particular situation with as we see very little success Now, it just so happens, lucky for everybody in this story, that there is an expert in this hospital, I guess she would be a neurologist, um, called Dr. Brooks, and she's doing this special study on memory. She's been working on various types of things to do with memory um, for a very long time. And so Mm -hmm. Gary is like, well maybe try to go into that study and it's like oh maybe that's the study that we heard in the voicemail earlier um Mm -hmm. and I got the impression from this that like Gary has been quite involved in Nolan's health journey um yeah well I got I got the feeling that did they like does he does that little girl call him like Uncle Gary was it like I think they like best they're like best friends yeah they're very close they're not family but they're very close yeah. Um, so so Gary is basically like, you've tried all of the normal stuff. It's not working. Maybe now's the time to give this more experimental thing a try. Mm-hmm. And so then they go together to Dr. Brooks's office. 
Um, and then, like, Gary basically is like, are you cool here, Nolan? I'm going to get going. He's like, yeah, yeah. So then this is the reveal of Felicia Rashad as Dr. Brooks. Mm-hmm. And this is when we learn about how Nolan was in a car accident and that he's done pretty much everything that you can do that is, like, normal uh, therapy to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so then Dr. B is like, well, um, to see if my treatment would work for you, I need to hypnotize you. And this I feel we're going to be saying a lot. I'm no neurologist, but <laughs> I don't see, to me, this was very weird that hypnotism was the way to determine whether or not you'd be a good candidate for the study. Yeah. Um, well, I would just be like, what's that? What is a good candidate for the study? Like, everyone has a brain, no? Yeah, that would have been a good follow-up question as well. Is like, what kinds of people are you doing this on? And what are their yeah. injuries? And what, what types of, um, like, improvements have you seen? Like, and even, yeah. and he has no follow-up questions. So even one he would just have like, probably been good. Yeah. Um, so, but he agrees to go under with her. And so she hypnotizes him and he wakes up and by wakes up, I mean, he's like in his mind in a trance. Um, and this is yet another, this is very like the cell where I struggled to be like, how do I say where we are? Because where we are is in his mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it's a lot less, it's not, I thought... It's, it's not like the cell. the cell. Yeah, it's not like how the dare cell you for even saying that. the name of that movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. How I, dare you ruin Spooky Month with saying the name of that piece of garbage? <laughs> so your memory is fully intact of that. I see you remember it's that. True. I well, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened in it, but I can tell you what I remember: the feeling of hating it. <laughs> yes. Um. So Nolan goes into this trance, and then he wakes up and a dark space. And yeah, you described it as a dog's nails on tile. I described it as a ticking sound. But then yeah. there was also a different it's sound. Kind of, it's, it's kind of a mix. Of, I would say that's a, it's a good mix of those things too. It, it also sounds a bit like, and stay with me, it sounds a bit like cracking bones. Yes. Um, that's what I called it, a bone cracking sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is what it sounds like. Yeah. And I don't, I have never broken a bone and I don't think I've ever heard bones cracking. And yet I was like, that's what that is. Uh, Do you have any wood near you? <laughs> um, yeah. I've never broken a bone either. So I don't know. Oh yeah, I should I, knock on wood about that. There yeah, we go. Me too. Um, so there are two sounds. There's first this very light ticking sound, which is the sound that you said of like dog nails on tile. Um mm. And then there is this bone cracking sound and they're happening kind of around each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, similar to when he woke up earlier, something seems to grab him, which forces him out of the, uh, out of the hypnotic state. Um, and then, uh, Dr. Brooks I don't know what, I can't remember now if he's like talking to her while he's under or what, but whatever happened in this hypnosis session, Dr. Brooks is like, oh, I can tell your mind is like super active, which means that you are really a good candidate 
for this study and this treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, well, I saw this thing or this thing happened that has been happening in my dreams. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, see, that's like the proof. Like I, your mind is active. We just, there's some sort of blockage and we kind of need to bust through it, I guess is what she mm-hmm. would say. Um, meanwhile, uh, after this really great session, uh, Nolan forgets to pick Ava up at school. And so some hour, and so like we're in his house, he's at his desk and I think he's maybe like doing some research or something. And then the doorbell rings and he looks up and he's like, oh shit, Ava. So he remembers at that second that he's forgotten his daughter at school. Yeah, not, not the best. No. (laughs) Um, and then Ava's dropped off by her teacher. Her teacher looks pissed. Um, I also thought this teacher was a little hard on him too, to be honest, because here's, I don't know, it's it's hard because all the white ladies in this movie are rude. <laughs> um, that's what I'm just noticing. But the she's like... Wait, are there many the, white ladies in this movie? No, it's just the like interview lady and this oh, teacher. That's yeah, like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're both kind of irritating. Um, so she's like, this is the third time. If it happens again, we're going to have to call CPS. Right. And like... I get it, like, keeping the kids' welfare in mind, like, great, great, I'm on board. But it's like, bro, you know that he has a brain injury and, like, we got to call CPS. We can't just, like, it just seems like that that seemed a little bit catty to me. Like, Yeah, it wasn't great. And also. And again, this is another phone call moment. When well, he doesn't uh, like, show up, why don't they up, have cell phones in this movie? Yeah, when he doesn't show up, just call him and say, "Yes, your kid's here. Come and get her." <laughs> and I'm curious, and I really, actually, am curious about the cell phone thing, just because, like, in this day and age, if we're if this is supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be now. I would think with like whatever she's working on in this neuroscience I mean, thing, people are looking at things on tablets, so it's yeah, got to so be now. like. You're telling me, like, that that kid goes off to school with a single parent and doesn't have a phone that she could at least just use to, like, call him and be like, hey, dad, don't forget to pick me up because right. you forget things a lot. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I get it. It's like. I mean, I do think in light of what happens later, that teacher's instinct to call child services was correct. Yeah, <laughs> true. But, but not, still, for I this, just... not for this reason. Yeah. That's what I will say about this. Yeah. Um, But the whole point is to show that Nolan's life is very quickly spiraling out of his control. Um, Yeah. Ava brushes past him deeply angry about what's happened um, and upset. So then he, so he like basically like thanks the teacher and he's like, don't worry about it. I won't do it again. Then he goes upstairs where Ava is crying in her room Um, and this was, like, such a good bit of acting on the part of, um, what is her actual name? Amanda Christine. Yeah, Amanda Christine. Mm -hmm. Like, when she is crying and he's trying to apologize to her and saying, like, no, um, you know, I'm really sorry I got angry. And this is, he's like, I'm sorry I got angry the other night. So it's like, oh, that's when this wall incident happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
no, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making your life so difficult. And I was like, oh, poor little thing. Oh, my God, this poor little girl. And, like, all she's experienced, God knows. Um, and also proves that she's, like, a way better kid than I ever was. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> I don't think those words would come out of my mouth either. Um, and just, like, honestly, like, that actor delivered that line, like, just so incredibly authentically and like heartbreakingly and whatever. And I was just like, wow, this is like, she's got more talent than I will ever have. (laughs) 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 Um, so then let's see. Um, then she gets up and she's like, well, I've got to make dinner. And he's like, no, you don't. And she's like, who else will? And I was like, Oh God, what a life. Her life is is so rough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so cut to, the next day, basically these, the not getting the job and then this forgetting Ava at school thing, um, basically galvanizes Nolan to do something about his memory issues. He's like, things are getting out of control and I need my memory to get things back on track. Mm-hmm. So he decides to go for this experimental treatment of Dr. Brooks's. Um, and she basically explains to him that what, her treatment is is that um she's going to hypnotize him to put him back into something that she calls life review memories um Mm -hmm. and basically how she describes it is is like when people are have near-death experiences they often say they see their life like flash before their eyes um right i guess in your case that would just be a blank screen you don't me anything. personally if yeah. I don't remember anything yeah. no it would just be like weird snippets of like random there's random shit that I do remember and then yeah. everything else is blank um so she, so she's like that's like this kind of um how do I want to put this like this repository of memories that your brain is always collecting and you just need to get like synced back up to that mm-hmm. um and that this my hypnosis kind of re- regimen is going to help you do that um and he's like okay well like how long do you expect this to take and she's like we might start to see some progress in a few weeks and he's like no 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 it has to be faster than that um mainly because I guess he's really worried about maybe losing Ava or I'm not totally sure what but Mm -hmm. much like Good old... Don't um, go faster, guys. No, no. just like we learned in The Wasp Woman, uh, there's a reason why things take the time that they take. Especially when we're talking, again, especially when we're talking about, like, science and experimental things. Yeah. Like, it's best not to rush it. Like, science is slow. Science is messy. You don't want to mess with it further. And I'm no neuroscientist, but... (laughs) That's, That's number my two. Take That's on number it. two for the <laughs> podcast so far. Um, but of course, in this world, Dr. Brooks says, sure, we can do that. Um, and as you'll see, I wrote in parentheses, even in the outline, why? But we learn why she's open to this later. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to ask a question later about who you think, if. Okay, we're saying this is a horror movie. Generally, in horror movies, there's a bad guy, right? Oh, who the villain is. Yeah. Good question. 
Um, so, uh, he's all hooked up to some machine where Dr. Brooks is, like, I guess monitoring his brain activity. Mm -hmm. And then he's put into, like, he's hypnotized... And so what we see as the audience is the images he's shown in his mind mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a result of hypnosis. So I think the black box the, of, like, what the movie is called is, like... Is the thing she puts on him, right? I think so. But maybe yeah. also, like, the computer system that the information goes on. I'm not mm. totally sure. Mm-hmm. Well, she puts like a shower cap thing on him. Right. That's all and the little electrodes <laughs> that are monitoring his brain yeah. function. Right. Um, but it looks like a shower cap. It does. It 100% does. Um, it's a science shower cap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yikes. So he goes under and she can speak to him because he's still in the room. So she's speaking to him. But what he's seeing is he's in what she's calling his safe room, which is this place in his mind, which is like the jumping off point to getting into the memories. And it looks mm-hmm. like it was probably like Ava's bedroom or something. Yeah. Um, and basically what Dr. B explains is when, because this is like the transitional space between the actual real world and whatever's in your mind is this safe room. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in this room, you can hear my voice and we can communicate. As soon as you go deeper into your memories, I will not be able to communicate. Like, I could say something, and you won't hear it. Um, yeah. And similarly, and I, but I guess maybe if he said something, she could hear that. Right? Because she's just in yeah, the room. Yeah, I think he, normal. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think she could. What she also explains is, like, as Nolan is looking around this safe room, there's a door there. And she says that you should never walk out that door because that's like a symbolic like boundary of your mind and if you walk out of it then you're in like this chaotic space of I mean you're still in your mind but like you're just in like the deep horse shit of your mind <laughs> <laughs> correct the place um, in your mind no one wants to go yeah where I guess where you're like you're no longer yourself because like there's no personality or something. I don't fully get Mm. it. But, Mm -hmm. um, so she's like, never, never open that door. And again, that's important for later. So that's why I'm saying Mm -hmm. it. Then she says, look around the room. There should be, um, an analog watch somewhere. You need that because that's like the symbolic way that you're going to connect into these old memories. Mm -hmm. Um, so he picks it up and then she says like, each time you turn the little knob, then you'll go into a different memory and you'll kind of move mm-hmm. back in time. Although it doesn't seem chronological in terms of how he experiences these memories. but Not really. Um, but basically, like, each time you turn the knob, you'll go to a different place in your mind. Mm-hmm. So he turns the knob, and where does he end up? Uh, he ends up at his wedding. Mm-hmm. So he's standing um, at the altar... His wife comes down the aisle, he lifts the veil, and what does he see? 
she ain't got no face. No, I knew that was good. that. I was like, this is an obvious. Maybe that's what the people meant in like that. This was predictable. I was like, that this is obviously going to be a blurry face. Like we know. Yeah, that. I guess I didn't really think that hard about it. Like thinking about that, it that would be the case. I but. was picturing either blurry face or another kind of standard for a lot of horror movies is like completely blank face. Yeah, you know where like the nose and mouth and eyes are like shut funny or don't they're not there um i was expecting some kind of reel like that which it was and then this is what i named this particular beast that's stalking through nolan's mind the cracking bone man appears in the uh pews at this uh wedding memory and so then nolan escapes back through his safe room to wake up in Dr. Brooks's office. And uh, he explains what he saw to her, specifically this cracking bone man thing, and um, and the fact that his wife's face was not clear. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Brooks says, well, I still think this was generally a pretty good first session, um, and I think that the next time you should just stay under longer um, it basic, she's like, you should stay in there until the faces become clear. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, why though? And she's like, cause it's potentially an indicator of brain damage if they never become clear. So we need to sort that out. Um, uh-huh. and then in terms of the bone cracking man, she's like, I think this is like a manifestation of trauma associated with the accident. So we'll work on that as well. So, like, she's kind mm-hmm. of like the blurry face thing might be indicative of a physical problem with your brain, and the bone cracking man is more of a psychological issue. Yeah. That's. And I would, I would say, say. like, it, with the, the physical, like, with that diagnosis, I would sort of say, like, duh, he was in a. <laughs> A car accident where he was brain dead for three days. I think there probably are some physical. Sure. There is yeah, physical damage. because his brain was shookened around. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was shaken, not stirred, but it was like, <laughs> it's still shaken. So that seems like a sort of like, duh yeah. to me for yeah. a neuroscientist, but. Yeah. Um, so we return back to Ava and Nolan's home. Gary has come by And he's asking Nolan how the first treatment went. Um, But Nolan seems deeply shaken by whatever he's seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he speaks with Gary. And this is the first of many times where he's talking with Gary and asking Gary to remind him about his relationship with his wife, Rachel. Yeah. Um, And Gary is like, you know, it, like, love at first sight, storybook wedding. I think he said you guys were kind of gross, <laughs> which I enjoy. <laughs> um, and then later that night, Nolan is looking at pictures of his wedding. And I noticed this. The pictures from his wedding do not look like the, where it happened, like the setting and environment of his wedding in the pictures do not match the environment that was captured in his memory that we just saw Mm -hmm. it's like a different church it's a different setting and I was like interesting I don't I wonder what that's about then he's Mm -hmm. sitting like twirling a chopstick around and then he gets this flash of memory of a sushi place that he ate at right 
I was just like, ooh, that looks like really good sushi when I it watched did. it. It did. I literally ate sushi for lunch today because of <laughs> It did look like an exceptionally premium kind of place. Yeah, um, it looked good. So then he comes into, I, I'm not sure if this is the next day or what, but like he comes into Dr. Brooks's office and he's like, I just had this sushi memory. Um... <clears throat> And I, I wonder if this means, like, maybe I don't need more treatments. Maybe na- this is, like, has opened. I'm good the- to go, bro. I just remembered sushi. So. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm kind of, like, fine now. Uh, <laughs> which, again, I will say there is a ring of truth to this, which is people who are not medical doctors being like, I think that's all the medicine I need. And doctors being like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> You I think are that not is all expert. the medicine I require. <laughs> you are I am not fit. an expert, dummy. Get out of here. <laughs> um, so she's like, no, I think we need to keep going. Um, you know, like, this is very promising, but let's just keep on the thing that we've said we're going to do. Um, and, and it seems like in part the reason he's asking is because maybe he's afraid of this bone cracking man. Um, Fair enough. Which, yeah, it it was very unsettling to see. Did not Um, like it. And then she's like, yeah, but, like, don't forget, this is your mind, which means it's you can control anything that happens to you in Mm -hmm. these uh, hypnosis sessions. And specifically, she says, if you see it again and if you are concerned, just say to yourself, I run my mind. It does not run me. Um, and I didn't agree with that, (laughs) uh, because, you know, like, there's so much. I might agree with it, but I'll just, like, spoiler alert, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. It was not an effective mantra. But (laughs) even aside from that, I'm like, well, but, like, there's so much work about how a person's mind can like, affect them and, like, can run them, in a sense, um, by virtue of, like, you know, a psychosomatic issue, right? Like, um, so I was like, I don't think that's true, and you're a neurologist or whatever. You should, like, surely you, of all people, understand how sometimes the mind is, like... She's blinded by her her ultimate goal. Yes, that's right. Um, And she's, and not only her ultimate goal... I think that this mantra tells us quite a lot about Dr. Brooks and how she has approached her life mm-hmm. and what kind of person she is um, and not very much about her understanding of medicine or, like, neurology or, you know, like... Yeah. She is, like, I say what I do and nothing but that. You know, like, that's how she mm-hmm. sees the world. Um, so this is very apropos of that aspect of her, how yeah. she runs her life. Yeah. So... Then Nolan goes under again, and he arrives in an apartment um, where there's a crying baby, um, and he's sitting on a bed holding, like, a broken hanger, um, mm-hmm. and so there's a baby a crying. sus, whatever that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing here, which, of course, we're not meant to, but I was like, this is yeah. concerning. Um, and also... God damn, does a crying baby, that just gets right into your ear, like, in (laughs) such a way uh, that is like, oh, God, I don't like that sound. Um, It's not a great sound. But 
I'm not blaming babies for it because they can't control it. Um, I am. <laughs> babies. <Man>. Hey, babies. <laughs> We've had a lot of baby content over the past couple <laughs> weeks as well. Um, I just mean that, like, I do sometimes wonder, and I think this is true, that, like, evolutionarily all human beings are attuned to, like, crying baby sound is a bad sound. You gotta try and stop that sound, so you gotta comfort that baby, you know, like... Well, yeah, I mean, I think... I think... I'm not a neuroscientist, but I'm pretty sure... or Number a three. like <laughs> Or an evolutionist, is that what they're called? I don't know. Um, but I think that sound is, like, evolutionarily... I don't know if that's even a word. Yeah. Uh, is meant to, like create a reaction in adults yeah. or in humans that's like, ah, I don't like that. Or like, ah, that's alerting me to something right. that needs to be taken care of. Right. Um, which is why, fun fact, has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Cats tried to make their meows oh. sound sort of like baby cries Weird. because they knew humans would respond to it. Just that's, if, in case that's doubly you want to know. Oh, man. I didn't yeah. want to know that fact. I'm actually deeply disturb- disturbed by that <laughs> fact. <laughs> so let's just move on. So he goes over to the crying baby um, who also has a blurry face. And then he walks into the kitchen of this apartment and there's a crying woman. She has a blurry face. There's also a broken plate on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, then this did, this was probably the creepiest, is the bone-cracking man kind of, like, emerges out of the empty crib. Yeah, hated that. And also, the bo- <laughs> so the, like, the bone-cracking man also is, um, if, like, for anybody who's, like, looking for a visual they can try to grab onto, first of all, I would say watch the movie. Don't listen to my right. description of it. Sure. But it's kind of spider-like. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, the one leg comes up and it looks like, you know, a spider. Spiders don't have claws. A spider leg. I almost yeah, it, like, feel like, I because I did have to rewind this part, I think I maybe would have described it as, like, octopus-ish. Yeah. Anyway. Something with multiple legs that crawls. <laughs> yes. There are many options that you can yeah. choose from. But, yes, it was a very, I mean, that's the whole point of these movies is they design these monsters or creatures or however you want to say in any of them they want them to look unnatural like mm-hmm. or I guess better said they look natural but they look inhuman so they're like something yeah. in nature but not how human beings are supposed to look yeah like you can tell that it's a human being but like the the way that it's bent bending and moving yeah. is animatronic and also off-putting. animal yeah yeah and very off-putting <laughs> And then so the bone-cracking man kind of emerges out of the crib and then he grabs at um, Nolan. So again, Nolan emerges from the hypnosis back into Dr. Brooks's office and he is deeply upset, not about the bone-cracking man necessarily because now he's seen that before. Um, he's upset by like what he saw in the memory. Um, right, the implications of what he's seeing makes right. it seem like he was abusive. Right, and more, and on top of that, he's like, I didn't recognize this place. Um, yeah. And yet, I felt like I intimately knew it as well. So yeah. So he was like, and so he's like, I thought you said these were supposed to be my memories. I don't know this place. And she's like, I'm not 
she doesn't have a real good explanation for any of this. But um, anyway, uh, after this very unsettling session, Nolan seeks Gary out in the hospital. And again, he's like, I need you to tell me about my relationship. And I don't want you to hide anything from me. And Gary's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And he's like, seriously, did Rachel and I ever have problems? And Gary was like, I mean, you might have had some stuff that, like, you know, would have been between you two. But, like, I certainly never saw anything that seemed really bad. And then I did like, again, like, um, now I'm forgetting the actor's name, Mamadou, I think. Yeah, Mamadou. Um, I mean, he was really good at this because he was like, working up to the question. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, I thought he handled this really well, where he's like, okay, dude, brass tacks, did I ever hit my wife? Like, I need yeah. to know if I abused her. And Gary is like, wow, like, this is not what I thought you were asking, and I'm shocked that you even would. I Like, you are not, as I said, he's like, as I said before, you're not violent. I never in a million years would have expected you to ask this question and I don't yeah. I am positive that that never happened um and Nolan's like very confused because he's like I saw this thing I it's supposed to be my memories but and it felt like my memories but it also felt like it wasn't my memories um and also Gary's like and I don't think you ever lived in an apartment but I can't be a hundred percent sure um yeah now, what, what I will say um and this isn't in defense of anyone, but from what I know about domestic abuse is even as close as Gary was with Nolan and Rachel, it's just as likely or possible that absolutely Nolan could have been abusing his wife and Gary would have never known. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like there are definite like red flags and signs, um, but, but yeah, like a lot of people miss them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who's we don't know the full dynamics of this set of people's relationships. Um, yeah. But, you know, the fact is very terrible things can be happening, and you might think you would see signs, but... That's true. You wouldn't, you know. Um, That's true. So, anyway, I'm like, I still believe, based on the, what happens in the rest of this movie, I believe that this never happened and Gary was right, it turns out. But if I were in Nolan's position and I were asking I didn't Gary, trust I didn't trust in this moment that that wasn't what was happening though. Right, right. Like I I was confused. I kind of thought like where my mind was going was that that was like a memory of a time where he either that like he walked in and like saved his wife from some type oh. of abuse from okay. somebody else sure or like that that his wife was having sort of like a double life that he didn't know about and oh. that actually like wasn't his daughter and right. so anyway those are like two, two of the like random thoughts that like I had or like things that I was trying to work out and like yeah any, yeah neither I of those was, turned out to be right but I was thinking I think at this moment I was like I wonder if what will the reveal will be is that Nolan has like a personality disorder and maybe he has a second family and oh yeah like so maybe when he's that persona 
he's like terrible, but like oh, in his other life, he's fine. That could have been an interesting one. Um, Ooh, I like that movie too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's where I was. But I mean, really, the thing is, and this is the unfortunate thing for Nolan, is like Gary could say, "I never saw that. I don't believe that would be anything." And still, that's not really enough of a guarantee, right? Like, yeah, um, it's not definitive. And Nolan definitely only seems partly comforted by what Gary has to say, which to me makes sense, which is like, you can know a lot about us and you can have spent a lot of time with us, but at the end of the day, like, you can't be sure because you were not alone with us. Like, you don't know. Um, so then... Nolan's back in his car, he's waiting to pick up Ava at school, and we see him Googling around, because when he's when he was in this other memory, he looks out the window of the apartment, and he sees, like, a church tower type thing, or a bell tower of some sort, yeah. and, like, a fence, and he's, like, Googling around to see if that's, like, a real place, and if so, where it might be in town. Yeah. And so, he manages to find it, Ava comes out of school... And he's like, we're going to do a quick side trip before going home. (laughs) Uh, And so then they eventually do find the apartment that he's looking for. And when they get there, Nolan gets out of the car and kind of does, you know, like the beep beep and locks his door, accidentally locking Ava inside without the windows cracked. (laughs) Which it's not like father of the year. No, per and se. <laughs> I will say, though neither of us are parents, I would not blame a parent for making that mistake. Like I'm like, I think, oh no, I'm sure that's happened, and then it's very quickly like the kid is like, Mom, why are you locking me in the car? And oh, I mean, like, oh shit, sorry. I think, <laughs> like, I mean, I think people have done like the class. Well, actually, I don't know. This is pretty bad, but I think people have done the classic like forget something on the roof and the thing oh. you forget on the roof is like the baby in the oh, carrier. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that I mean, has I would hope happened they, indeed. I'm sure it's happened. I uh, would hope that someone would figure out before they started very, driving. Yeah, Yikes. I think but you like, would <laughs> hopefully figure that out pretty quick. I, hope. <laughs> I think actually in that scenario, I might have even seen things where like people in the parking lot are like, hey, 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 your baby. Well, on. for God's sakes. Oh my God. Um. So anyway, he unlocks it. She gets out. They and Nolan's walking around like in a tr- a dream or like he looks very dazed in a sense. Yeah, he's walking through the, the building. He walks right into the building. As he walks in, um, he has a vision of someone falling down the stairs. Um, then he then I started thinking. Then I started putting some stuff together in yeah. my mind. I was like, oh, okay. Then. He walks directly to a particular door in the building. He Mm -hmm. knocks on it. A little girl opens the door and he starts talking to her. Um, And at the very least, there's a certain amount of self-awareness because he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Can I talk to your mom? Um, Because he's literally just a strange man talking to a little girl. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then as she goes to like, get her mom he starts walking into this apartment and I was sitting there being like what the fuck is he doing (laughs) you're walking into a stranger's apartment like yeah not cool yeah cool and so he walks in and we see like because of the way things are shot there's like 
the sun is shining in through the window at the back of the apartment. And so the little girl and the mom's face are obscured because it's too bright. Mm-hmm. And um, then, like, he starts looking around and you see this kind of look of recognition on his face. But then there's this other look where he catches himself and he realizes he's in a stranger's home. And he turns to them and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he runs away. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> at least he sort of figured it out that he was being horribly inappropriate um, and very threatening to this pair of yeah. women. Um, so then um, he comes back to the hospital to talk with Gary again because he's like, I had this weird vision of this apartment. Then I found the apartment. I just was there. And Gary is like, you were just there? Like, what? Um, <laughs> and so he gives Gary the address. And he's like, can you, like, I don't know, f- find out anything about this address? I don't know why Gary also seems to have, like, the skills of a private investigator or He's whatever. just, like, the all-knowing best friend, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, that's fair enough. Th- and then there's a new question that Nolan asks him, which is, Again, in the line of what I was thinking, have I ever cheated on Rachel? Uh-huh, right? yeah. You know, and ha- basically second family situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, Gary is incredulous. He's like, no, man. Like, I don't know why you yeah. keep asking these questions. Um, again, and, something that he may not actually no, know, know definitive proof. He would proof never like, know. He would never yeah. know. Because, again, um, based on what I've learned from true crime podcasts about people who have second families, they're not sharing that information with a lot of people. Yeah, they're usually pretty good at it until, like, they're people not end up dead. Anymore, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but anyway, so then Nolan leaves. He's still pretty agitated about all that's happened. As a result of these kind of mounting, very concerning questions, Gary is very worried about Nolan and so because he's a doctor in the hospital that Nolan was in as after his accident, he's like, I'm going to look at his medical records. Um, and when he does, he discovers that on the night of the accident, um, Nolan had complete brain death um, for a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. and then regained consciousness. Now, it seemed like perhaps you were about to ask a question. No, no, I was just taking that in. Complete brain death sounds intense, Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what goes into determining when that happens, um, but, you know, it's one of those things where, like, your heart is still beating, your body's still functioning, but, like, you are not waking up. Yeah. That's basically what happens. Yeah. Um, And then he regains consciousness. And Gary has a look of very sincere puzzlement because, you know, he's a doctor. I don't know what his specialism is, but I think that this is actually deeply unusual that someone would be completely brain dead and then they would recover at some point. Um, Yeah, because I feel like that's often like, a thing that comes up is you say, as a doctor, you tell a family, like, look, technically this person is alive, but they are gone. I mean, that tends, that tends to be like the, the awful 
point in time where people are like, okay, what decisions are we making? Because this is either, you know, vegetable. Is that an appropriate term anymore? I don't, I don't know. Even know. I don't know what um, the coma community likes to be called. <laughs> it's, so it's like vegetable status or it's right. death. So, right. you know, it's not great options, but those are kind of the options at that point, I right. think. So Gary is like, this seems very unusual, let's say. Um, yeah. Maybe not impossible, but very unusual that this would be yeah. a chain of events. So this... Between the questions that Nolan has been asking and then this revelation, it also, again, this actor, Tosin, um, was really good as well because he does this, he does a lot of good, like, expression work of showing, like, I, even though I'm a doctor, I actually didn't, I didn't look at these records. So I, this is the yeah. first time I'm learning that he was completely brain dead. And that yeah. is changing my understanding of what happened over the past months. Yeah. So... Then we are back in Dr. B's office, which means we are back in the various hypnotic states and places of Nolan's mind. We return to the church. Nolan again is trying to see his wife's face. Uh, the bone-cracking man shows up, and now the bone-cracking man is getting increasingly violent. Um, so he physically attacks Nolan and hits him. Then Nolan goes into the apartment um sees basically the same set of images that are disturbing there um but the bone cracking man follows him there and now nolan uh attacks the bone cracking man um meanwhile in the real world gary is asking around a bit more about the night of nolan's accident and mm -hmm. he finds another colleague. I guess maybe that person is like an ER doc or something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so like what exactly happened on that night? I thought I looked at the records and it said that he had, you know, brain death. And then he was like, what, you know. And that yeah. doctor says, oh, yeah, it was actually really lucky because he was brain dead. And then Dr. Brooks came and took him to her lab and then dun 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 <laughs> and then he woke up or maybe didn't wake up but like he his brain function regained returned. consciousness yeah. or whatever they say yeah and gary is like huh okay weird that seems suspicious <laughs> yeah um and so then we're back uh, Nolan is still working through his memories, trying to find out what is going on. He's stayed in them a bit longer in this session. Um, but nonetheless, um, the bone cracking man is kind of following him through these memories. And so he ends up back in the safe room for a break from being kind of, uh, beleaguered by the bone cracking man. And this is when the reveal happens. Um, how do you want to explain this reveal if you're able to? Uh, of their faces? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure. I didn't, well, to be honest, like I didn't understand exactly what was happening right away. Were we supposed to? Well, so he's going through these memories and he runs away in his mind to his safe room. Yeah. And so he's in his safe room, 
And because in the safe room he can talk to Dr. Brooks, I think he's talking to her about these various violent encounters he's had with a bone-cracking man. And as he's doing that, what is he seeing? Well, he starts to see the face of the woman is becoming clear. Oh, right. I missed that part. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Oh, yeah. I forgot. So... In his, in one of these memory loops that he's done, um, he's in his hospital room on the night of his accident. And it's in this state that he, the woman that he's been seeing in all these places, finally Mm -hmm. her face becomes clear. Yeah. And And she's the woman who's in the apartment. She's the woman who was the wife in the yeah. church yeah. and she is the woman who was in that apartment when he came in and scared right. the people. <laughs> right. So as soon as, but I was still confused. I was like, so as soon as okay. he sees this woman's face, he communicates that to Dr. Brooks. He's like, I see mm-hmm. my wife's face, but the, that ain't my wife. Yeah, and also, like, once her identity is revealed, who else's identity is revealed? Well, what's what he's realizing, he he's like, oh, these aren't Nolan. He's the, the voice, there's, like, voiceover happening, right? Yeah. And he's like, these aren't Nolan's memories, these are my memories. And then we see in the reflection of, like, a window, we see another guy. Yeah, a different um, guy um, who's looking at himself and is having a realization. And I forget exactly how he says it, but I think he says something like, Mom, what did you do? Yeah, and then she's like, Thomas, oh, Thomas. Yes, so what to explain, if this has all sounded <laughs> a bit confusing, um... There is a person in the physical body of Nolan, but mm-hmm. it is not Nolan. The person it who is, is... Go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it is Dr. Brooks's son who died mm-hmm. that she implanted his memory slash brain waves into Nolan's brain-dead body. Correct. And... Her son is named Thomas, Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized I forgot to include this guy in the cast. Thomas is played by Donald Elise Watkins, um, who I don't have time to figure out how old he is, Um, but he looks like he has similar to, um, like, these various male actors. He has a kind Mm -hmm. of similar... uh, set of credits, um, mm-hmm. and especially maybe similar to Tosin, now I'm forgetting his last name, Tosin Morohunfola. Um, he mm-hmm. looks like someone who in a few years maybe will be more on the scene. He was good. I mean, he, he was, was good in this good. too. Yeah, he was very good. Um, and so that also was deeply helpful was that we have two actors <laughs> doing this so I can, so you can visually yeah. understand like, Okay, so in the memories, he looks like Thomas. 
In yeah. the real world, he looks like Nolan. But the yeah. person who is there is Thomas. Right. Um, so then uh, Thomas awakes from uh, being under, and as you said, uh, Dr. Brooks is deeply excited and happy. Her plan has worked um, because she's actually waited two years to see if this plan would work as she hoped. Um, because what's happened basically is that Thomas died falling down the stairs at his apartment. And he, when he was like so injured that it was obvious he would no longer survive, um, Dr. Brooks took his consciousness or his brainwaves, the science is light on this part, it's not totally clear, <laughs> um, and puts it into what she calls the black box. Um, and then she was waiting for some kind of candidate to come along that she could put those memories into. Um, Thomas hears this and is shocked, needless to say. <laughs> fair. That's a fair um, response. That would be a lot to take in to, for anyone. Um, yep. and, and then she asks. Especially a dead person. <laughs> correct. And then he asks how long it's been. And she says two years. But we know that Nolan only had his injury six months previous. So he had been right. just kind of swirling in some sort of computer system for 18 months before that, I guess. Um, and then he was asleep inside Nolan to some degree before. Um, well, he was like bone cracking around in there. Yeah. But like, I guess what, from Dr. Brooks's perspective, I guess what she meant by good candidate was she was waiting for someone to be brain dead. Yes. And I think she probably also wanted it to be a black man of a similar age, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And this is where good old Dr. Brooks turns really villainous. Not so good. <laughs> um, because this is, like, where you see that glint in her eye of, like, I was driven by, you know, my personal desire to see this work, but also by my personal desire to have my son remain alive. Mm -hmm. um, and that has kind of driven me to almost madness let's say um yeah because she has no care for this no. for nolan and this little the little girl she's right. basically like that's not your daughter get over it right because <laughs> and then this also was really telling to me um because we've already seen these scenes in the memory that suggest violence in the home right mm -hmm. um and what dr brooks says to him is now you have a second chance um, to mm -hmm. be the man that you should be, like the husband mm -hmm. and father that you should be. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, so she knew. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Um, yes, she absolutely knew that something was going wrong there. Mm -hmm. um, but she also was like, you know, and I, I do understand this, um, this kind of. Um, this character's uh, view of the world, let's say, where mm -hmm. she's like, I'm deeply accomplished, I'm deeply successful, I'm highly driven, I'm all these things. My kid has to be at least as good as me at all of that. And That's a tall order, and usually well, it doesn't yes, pan out. But it's but, you know, highly driven people often do expect that of their children. Um, yeah. 
And that is very hard for many children to really live up to. And it, yeah. we learn that certainly Thomas was not delivering in any of the capacities that he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to psychologize him, but it could be <laughs> that he felt so inadequate um, kind of in his yeah. mother's eyes that then sure. he needed to control and dominate someone else the way he felt he was being controlled and dominated. Sure. Right? Um, yeah. And, and maybe she was abusive. We don't we, actually we know. We don't really know. Um, actually, at the end of the movie, I feel like what the dynamic was is that Thomas's dad had been abusive and she left him. And, oh. You know, and that's why she was like, my idiot son isn't going to turn into what my idiot husband. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Expected, and that's, I mean, that is the cycle of abuse generally. Yeah. She expected better and more of him and it, he wasn't it. delivering. Um, but but now he can because she's fixed it, you know, for him. Mm-hmm. What's it was especially weird about this, and I f- forget if she says it specifically in this moment about second chances, is like when I hear second chance, I'm like, so sh- you raise Ava, that's your new like your right. new shot at life. You're gonna be this yeah. Nolan guy, and you're gonna do yeah. a better job. Um, maybe you get a new wife. What Dr. Brooks means is that he's going to go back to his previous wife and their daughter and, as you said, leave Ava in the dust. She does not right. care about Ava whatsoever. And, like, as if that this new, that this family will just be like, yeah, cool, bro, come on in. Hey, stranger man, <laughs> come into our lives. Hey, stranger man who is saying you were my dead abusive husband. Yeah, that sounds all, like, super cool. Yeah. Clearly, Dr. Brooks has not thought this totally through. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I wonder, too, if in Dr. Brooks's case, part of the reason why she's so focused on Thomas returning to his ex and daughter is because of the granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Like that's her, Probably. that's her, um, you know, biological granddaughter and she wants access to her, you know, in some kind of way. Um, because you see a lot of that weird shit of like, I don't love you unless you're my kin, like you're directly blood related to me. And certainly Dr. B demonstrates that kind of feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's what she that's what she's worked toward this whole time is to awaken <laughs> her son so that he can go back to his family. Um, that's a lot to take in. So now at this point, <laughs> for the sake of clarity for our audience, I'm going to be starting talking about a character named Thomas. But yeah. the actor we're going to be seeing is the same actor who's been playing Nolan. Yeah just so we have that there. Okay, so Thomas is mm, understandably upset by what has happened, but it's still time to pick up Ava from school. So he picks her up at school. She doesn't know that, he doesn't know the handshake that she's been trying to teach him. Right. Um, Because I think my... That's been like an ongoing thing throughout. Yeah, but I think... Yeah, I think what... Now is happening, though, is as Dr. Brooks predicted, now that that blockage has been undone, Thomas is fully himself. Like, all his memories are back. Everything is intact. And so that means whatever, like, short-term memories that had been made as the Nolan persona. So, like, 
Ava had been trying to teach him the handshake, and maybe he had sort of been remembering it slowly. But now all that's gone because the Nolan persona is obliterated in the recollection mm-hmm. of Thomas because mm-hmm. he also forgets to buckle her seatbelt like he's been supposed to do this whole time. The cigarettes are back in the car. Ava's really yeah. pissed about it. Yeah. And Thomas is... He also just seems like he doesn't care as much either. Like, no, I know he's, he doesn't. Like, I think they are trying to make him seem like he's a worse guy, kind of. Oh, yeah. He's a much meaner person. Um, yeah. And he certainly has a bit of Dr. Brooks's feeling. He's like, now this child is just an annoyance to me. Um, she is not my daughter, so I do not have good feelings toward her. Um, but he has enough kind of self-awareness that in these interactions with Ava, he's feeling himself get angry. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you're going to have to stay at Uncle Gary's for a while. Yeah. Something's come up. And... <laughs> <laughs> to put yeah. it lightly, some things come up. I am now a different person. Um, but again, he doesn't scare her as much as he could because he doesn't say, I'm a different person. And he doesn't yeah. say, I'm afraid of hitting you, which is, I, yeah. to me, what the subtext is. Um, yeah. So he's basically like, you have to get away from me as fast as possible because I don't know what's I don't trust myself around you. And he could say that, and that would be much more terrifying than what he has said. So uh, she packs up some stuff, and then he takes her to Uncle Gary's house. Everyone is upset. Um, And then Gary tells Thomas about the night of Nolan's accident. But Gary thinks he's telling Nolan what's happening. Right. Um, but right. Thomas is the one who is hearing it. And um, so this makes Thomas even more upset because now he's, because like his mom, I think, spun him a tale that I think even Thomas didn't fully believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's hearing more from uh, the other side of the story. And I think he's becoming even more like whatever happened was not just super unexpected and probably medically impossible. Um, (laughs) But it's really a lot less ethically clear than what my mom suggested was happening. You know? Um, Yeah. And he's just very confused. Like, he doesn't know what to do. So what he decides to do is return to his ex's apartment, which Mm -hmm. is fun. Um, Interesting choice. (laughs) Yeah. So he knocks on the door. Miranda, Thomas's ex-wife opens it and she's like you're the man from the other day who walked the fuck into my apartment because <laughs> he still looks like nolan right. um and then he and she's like i'm gonna call the cops if you don't yeah. get the hell out and he's like no no i'm sorry i'm a friend of thomas's from college um i'm sorry about the other day uh can I talk to you for a bit? And for some reason, Miranda like lets him into the apartment, which is just like, what are you thinking, lady? Like, yeah. You, like, I maybe this is unfair because of what I said of like, friends of your partner would never necessarily know that you were abusive. But like, if I were someone who by some turn of fate managed to get away from my abusive partner and reconstitute my life and like have things seemingly going good 
if some weird friend of theirs from the past who I don't recognize and have no connection with came on the scene, I would not want them around me. I'd be like, well. No, I'd be like, he's dead. I got to go. Like, Yeah. Shut the door. Goodbye. End of conversation. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she lets him in. He sits down. And then even more, like, I feel like I would build someone up to this, but that's not (laughs) what Thomas does. He tells her that he is Thomas, that he was like, you remember your mother-in-law's weird pursuit of doing things with memory, right? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I guess I do. And he's like, well, I don't fully understand it, but it's... Well, it worked. I'm Thomas. What up? (laughs) (laughs) And and obviously, at first, Miranda does not believe him, but then he starts saying things that he remembers um, to convince her, and she's pretty quickly convinced. Um, And then, if we were not entirely sure before, we are definitely confirmed now because he says, you know, I want a second chance. I won't hurt you ever again. Like, we can make a new life for ourselves. And I don't know. And like, the thing is, he fucks that up so fast after he says that. And what's interesting is, like, I was trying to remember the actor who played Miranda's, like, her reaction. And I think she just gets very still. Like, yeah, of, like, okay, well, not only is this just, like, a f- complete mind fuck because y- here's yeah. this physical person who is a stranger to me, but you clearly do have the memories of my yeah. abusive ex. And the way that you are talking, like, because, again, you know, like, I have to assume that when you are the victim of this kind of abuse, you can identify the buildup to it pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And so... I feel like she probably is like, oh, these promises about how it's never going to happen again. And like, but that, that is familiar. That I know exactly yeah. where th- this is starting to go. Um, but even as he is painting this picture of how great it's going to be and how wonderful and nice he's going to be now, he's looking around the apartment. And what does he notice? He's like, where are all the pictures of me, bitch? <laughs> I mean, I wish he had said it that way. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, looks around. He doesn't see, like, pictures of himself. And he sees, like, his little, he's like, that's my, like, little chair, my little corner. But, like, there's no pictures of me. And he gets really mad. But not really sure why he would think that they would keep that. I know. And especially, I'm like, it's been two years. You've been dead for two years. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people would keep that stuff up, but... Well, um, you might keep some, but I don't think you would have, like, you know... Maybe not everything, and maybe not a shrine, just, per se, but also when photos. you're... family photos. Family photos get updated every so often, like... Sure, but also, like, they were a dysfunctional family, and he was abusive, so, like, that also colors, like, memories and... Right, of course. You know... Yeah. Yeah, so he immediately is, like, getting very physically threatening without actually hitting her. Um, like, I want to say he's, like, kind of... But then get- he does hit her in this moment, doesn't he? I Or maybe he, like, he, like, pushes her against, her against the, wall. the wall. Yeah, I mean, he's very physically menacing, if not yeah. 
actively hurting her in any way. Yeah. Um, and you know that it's right on the edge of that. Whatever, yeah. You know, and then he's like, you raced me and my daughter doesn't even know me. And he's like, I'm going to talk to my daughter. And she's like, please don't. And like, he's like, she's my daughter too. And I'm like, the famous abuser's thing, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but I was pleased. So he turns away from Miranda to go into his daughter's room. And as he's looking at his daughter, who thankfully has her headphones on and has not heard any of this, um, mm-hmm. his while he's distracted with that, Miranda hits him over the head with a frying pan and mm-hmm. gets him out of there. And I was like, thank Christ. I really was <laughs> not prepared to, to see, like, actual domestic abuse today. <laughs> um, so then um, I don't fully know if like she he she hits him and then drags him out and then he comes to like in the hall I can't really remember but he does I feel like it's almost he makes it seem like that he just like appears at Gary's house yeah he like somehow he does regain consciousness and then he's back at Gary's house and he's freaking out um and kind of like inco from from Gary and Ava's perspective he's incoherently rambling about something that like no one understands. Yeah. And he's crying and he's upset and then strangely the bone cracking man appears to him in the real world which has never happened before. So mm. Thomas is like I got to get out of here. So he gets in the car, drives away leaving Gary and Ava like what just happened? What the literal fuck? Um, yeah, we're back in Doctor Brooks's office. Um, Thomas is now saying, like, Mom, that bone cracking man, he appeared to me in reality. Um, and also, you know that whole second chance thing you wanted me to do? Already blew it. <laughs> I fucked it up. And her reaction is so classic. Um, she's deeply disappointed in his behavior and can't believe that after all that she's done for him to bring him back, to give him his second chance, and he has fucked it up in less than an hour? Are you serious? I mean, I feel her. Uh, That's very annoying. She yells at him. This is when, yes, this is when she says things like, you will act like my son, meaning <laughs> you are going to do everything perfect and you are going to be an achiever and you are going to do the things and you, like you're going back to medical school and then you're going to do this. And, um, and then she put, I forget, I think this is more or less how she phrases it. She's like, so tell me, are you going to start acting like my son or are you going to act like your father? And I was like, whoa, oh my God. Um, And that's when I thought, like, I wonder if it is, like, the dad was an abusive layabout and Mm -hmm. she left him. But by the time she, and then, you know, became this very driven person. But by the time she had done that, for Thomas anyway, some of the damage had already been done in terms of, like, giving a bad model for how to behave um, as yeah. a husband and father. Um, 
at which unfortunately for all of her pushing and pressure, Dr. Brooks was never able to undo in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, she's like, well, I guess we will just deal with this second chance thing later. For now, let's focus on this bone cracking man thing. Um, because that is concerning to me and I don't entirely know what it is and it needs to be eliminated, uh, for you to continue. So let's put Mm -hmm. you back under and let's start working on it. So in Thomas goes to the black box machine, he ends up in his safe room, which I think isn't now the safe room, a different place. Yeah. It's the apartment, right? Instead of, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. So he goes in there and the bone cracking man comes and this is the second reveal. Who is the bone cracking man? Now the bone cracking man is Nolan. It has always been Nolan. Oh. Oh, really? It was he did we not get a reveal of that bone cracking man before? No. His face oh, is always okay. never, like, he's never been, because that's oh. the whole thing. He, like, kind of waddles in or however. Right, and then right, he finally, because, right. like, that's the whole thing. Dr. B is like, you have to stand up to this thing. You have to, oh, like, right, right, confront right. it. Because he's always run away from it. So oh, what we've okay. always seen is, like, the bone cracking man. It's is tr- always been the, oh, okay. I see, I didn't put all that together. So the bone cracking man has always been, like, a tiny piece of Nolan's mind that's still in there. Right. Got it. And that's why he's been attacking Thomas this whole time. Yeah. Um, because he's like, Thomas is the invasive. Get out of my brain. Like, yeah. I don't know enough about, like, um, personality disorders and things. But, like, if, if this were a person who had multiple personalities, what you would say is, like, Nolan is the core personality and Thomas is, like, the invasive personality. And Nolan's personality recognizes that and has been trying to get Thomas out of his brain. And the bone cracking man is the manifestation of that. Um, Got it. And so, yeah, so bone cracking man is Nolan. He stands, like, because the bone cracking is actually the Nolan's body trying to reconstitute itself as standing up straight. Right, 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 right. Thomas. So that is the big reveal. Um, Meanwhile, back in the real world, for whatever reason, Ava and Gary have followed Thomas to Dr. Brooks's office. And they see kind of like um, what they think is Nolan laying uh, in the machine. And And then Thomas, but Nolan to everyone's eyes, says out loud to the room, Mom, Nolan is still alive in here. Mm-hmm. What you told me isn't true. And mm-hmm. and at this point, I was like, I think she knew that. Yeah, she probably she, did. Because she, she has, was all, like she has su- all the little neurological shower cap thingies. Yeah, because I, I think that's why she said you have to eliminate this thing. Because yeah, she had right. had she had started having inklings, and maybe you're right. She maybe saw readings on her various like machinery that suggested that there was another person in there. Mm-hmm. And so, who else could it be but the person whose life she wanted her son to take? <laughs> so, right. 
Um, so I think that's why she was like, you have to get rid of this thing, and then it will be gone. Mm-hmm. But Thomas, despite being a domestic abuser, does have a certain amount of moral compass, because he's like, Mom, you said he wasn't here. He is definitely here. Meanwhile, Ava and Gary hear this. Gary, as the medical doctor who's been having some thoughts, understands kind of like what this weird cryptic discussion is between Dr. Mm -hmm. Brooks and Thomas. Um, Dr. Brooks, however, is like, I can still make this work. So she's like, just come back into the, the present, like come into reality and we'll talk about it and then we'll try again. Meanwhile... Thomas is still in his mind, in his memories, and this is when he sees his own death. Um, Mm -hmm. So how did he actually die? We know he falls down the stairs, but how did that happen? He was fighting with his wife, and even, like, his daughter was partially involved somehow when he was, like, being uh, an abusive D-bag, and Mm. his wife accidentally or on purpose it's not totally clear pushes him down the stairs and he dies correct so he sees this and I guess he probably didn't know that this was how he died um Mm -hmm. he didn't have that memory or it was like kind of obscured from him in some way and Mm -hmm. when he sees that he decides that he's going to leave Mm -hmm. Nolan's mind and I thought that was interesting because just a second ago, he was being really terrible to this woman. Um, but I guess, I don't know, maybe him Maybe seeing... Nolan, maybe maybe par- being like partially part of Nolan's mind or, I mean, I don't, they don't really yeah. posit this, like, but maybe he's like some of that uh, goodness, it like yeah. rubs off on him. Or maybe it is, like, a final, like, seeing the error of his ways and, like, that this other person deserves to be here more than I do. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I feel like there are some times where there's, like, these implications that Nolan was able to influence him somehow. And also, Mm -hmm. like, living Nolan's life for that time. Yeah. Maybe impacted him to some degree as well, right? Yeah. um, So he sees this the like you know the reason of his death and he's like well i'm gonna go and luckily (laughs) we were told back at the beginning if you walk out your safe room then you're gone yep so that's what he does he walks out and we see like him kind of wander into like this dark space yeah um and i was like well You've redeemed yourself a little in my eyes, Thomas, because that was the right decision. You gave Nolan his life back, which is what he deserved. Yeah. In Dr. Brooks's office, as Nolan... Well, Nolan then starts to flatline, and mm-hmm. everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, he wakes up, and, at, and Dr. Brooks, of course, doesn't know what has happened in his mind. So she comes over, and she's, like, holding... Nolan's hand as a mother would to her son Mm -hmm. and Ava sees this and is like what is going on Mm -hmm. um but Nolan he hasn't said anything yet he like lets go of Dr. Brooks's hand and reaches for Ava and then Mm -hmm. immediately he knows the handshake that Mm -hmm. 
Ava has been trying to do for months. Yeah. Dr. Brooks sees this, realizes... That part got me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That was, like, a little bit poignant. Well, yeah. I mean, really and truly, I would say um, to people considering this, this is acted really well. Everyone does a really excellent job. And if you want to see just really good examples of excellent acting, you should watch this movie. Um, And it's, like, you know, a fun thriller guy, so that's fun. (laughs) Um, But so anyway... Uh, he remembers his handshake. Dr. Brooks observes this and is livid because most, I think she's actually really angry because Thomas didn't do what she said. Yeah. Uh, Thomas did something He gave different. up. Yeah. Well, he didn't give up, though. He did Well, I think in right her mind. Like, oh, yes. Well, I her. agree. Yes. From her perspective, yeah. yes. He was a weakling, just like always, um, yeah. and, a, and a disappointment. But, um, yes, to a normal human, you'd say he did the right thing. (laughs) Um, So then she's, like, immediately, like, get back in that black box. I'm going to fix this immediately. And Gary is like, bitch, no, you are not. You are done. Mm. Um, Mm. And then the final few moments of the movie, we see that Nolan has fully returned. He remembers things. He's in his home. He looks around. He's crying. He and Ava read a story together. And you're like, great. That family now just gets to have the fun of the trauma of the past six months and past three hours. <laughs> and that the wife's dead. So like, that's yeah. like not too bad, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's still pretty dark, but at least like the dad came back. Yeah. And then we see a scene in this apartment where Miranda... And her daughter are moving out and on to a new life that will be untroubled, mm-hmm. hopefully, by yeah. creepy ex-man or ex-mother-in-law. And Miranda is also reading the paper to see that Dr. Brooks has been fired from her job, very kind mm-hmm. of like splashily. Although I gotta say, I'm like, I don't think in real life anyone cares when a scientist gets or research. Um, a medical researcher gets fired from a local hospital. I don't think that gets front no. page coverage. I don't think, no, it's not like front page with like a picture of her like walking out with her box of stuff. And, yeah, like um. Um, totally shamed and like, <laughs> yeah, I, that usually doesn't happen, but we need it for the story, so fine. And then what is the final scene? I didn't, well, okay. Um, so she's like working on the computer again, like trying to re-upload Thomas basically yes. into another system. Even though Gary had like smashed it, she she like has part of it that works or whatever. But then she like looks into it and is like, Thomas, Thomas, and she's like crying. And I didn't really get what like that was about. Well, I don't end. I don't fully understand <sighs> how this black box was supposedly quote unquote meant to work. Like what it yeah, did. Like, well, she looked, she looked into it as if she was like seeing him or like, but that's not what it's been up until that point. Do you know what no, I mean? Like I thought it was cause she was like working on her computer and she was like doing an effort at file recovery because yeah, if I remember correctly, when the little bit was said about like how Thomas had been, uploaded into this machine mm-hmm. that he was like a memory file basically yeah and then she downloaded that memory file into Nolan somehow mm-hmm. so 
And then you're right, Gary smashes up all her stuff, and it's like, okay. So you would think then that Thomas no longer exists in any form. But I guess the whole thing is, is that when something is digitized, it's really hard to truly delete anything, like yeah, to truly erase true. something. So I think what she was trying to do was like look through her various hard drives to find like a backup or a something mm-hmm. to basically try again at some point down the road. It seemed, yeah, it seemed like it. And I didn't, and but yeah, you're right. I don't think she was like looking in that thing expecting to see and like seeing a him. vision of him. Yeah. It sort of looked like that's what she was doing, but I guess that's probably not. But that is how it ends. It's her being like tearfully being like, Thomas. Oh. I also, yeah, now that I'm thinking of it, I wonder if it's also like, you know how sometimes movies like this end and it's the weird person and they've just gone nuts by virtue maybe of like the trauma? she's just gone nuts. And yeah. like, you know, maybe she, like I wondered... Because, yeah, she has, so she finds, she's first looking at the computer and you see her doing, like, you know, little um, recover, efforts at recovering a file. But then she picks up, like, that weird headpiece, which maybe is the black box. I don't fully know. Um, but it's got, like, those eye hole things. Right. And she holds it kind of up to her face. And then I was like, it, will she download Thomas into her own mind? Yeah, that was a question I had too. So then they and could like weird quote unquote fuck. always be together. Yeah, that's you know weird what as I mean? fuck. <sighs> I don't know. I don't have answers, but I don't either. I mean, I will say her love is really bad. <laughs> it's toxic. Yeah, it's toxic. It's like too much. Like, and not- a mother's love can often be suffocating and maybe not always directed in the best of ways, but her version... Way too much. Is it's really way too much. bad news. It's way too much, and it's not acknowledging his shortcomings in, like, a normal way. Right. And, like... And a, I get... And quite selfishly making it all about her, to be right. honest. And I do understand that often parents might struggle to see the downsides of their children um both as both when they are actual children and when they're adults but this is like pathologically not seeing oh yeah what some of his limitations i mean she was willing to kill another person and like yeah uh and yeah so so to me it's strange like let's she's so obsessed with getting him back and yet when he did exist she was constantly disappointed with him yeah exactly so i just I don't feel get like her. she was man. definitely the villain by the way we oh I yeah sort that of, was the question you posed <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's a little half and half of like um whether thomas I mean, was for a time but then he does end up making a fair decision right. so like he seems like not as bad in a certain way she was like gung-ho like start to finish like ready to be like bye-bye Nolan we don't care I think in the context of this movie Thomas is not a villain Thomas is just what he is which is an abuser and that's not great but in the in the way this story operates the person who deserves the most blame is Dr. Brooks for sure yeah because yeah because Thomas didn't ask to be brought back 
Right. Yeah. So. No, she cray. Oh, man. Oh, man. No wonder we had to talk about this movie for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yawns and eye rolls. Um, in terms of yawns, one yawn being, this was not boring. I was super engaged the whole time. Ten yawns being, like, really, really a struggle for me to care about any of this. What would you give it? <laughs> um, I'll say, like, two. It oh. wasn't boring. I mean, yeah, I was in, I was, on, like, it's so hard for me to say one about anything because I have, like, attention problems. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I was, I was on board. Yeah, I similar, I will, I think, just go full one because, mm. um, my week was kind of weird and I ended up having to start this later than I would have liked on the day yeah. that I usually designate for watching these things. And yeah, I not only stayed up for the whole thing, but I was like really paying attention <laughs> the whole time as wow. well. Uh, so that to me indicates that it was pretty good. And it definitely, even though it's like an, what, like an hour 45, I think. Yeah. In, in that about. neighborhood. Um, Sometimes an hour 45 movie really could be 90 minutes. And this one, yep. I would say there isn't, there wasn't like a lot of fat to trim. Like it kept no, going at a nice it was, clip. Yeah. Um, eye rolls, one eye roll being like, you did say it was a movie, right? Like <laughs> that's <laughs> where we are. Um, and then 10 eye rolls is like really like what, this is too outlandish. I can't buy into any of this. Uh that's tough because I'm not a neuroscientist or anything. I think that's but... only number four. We did pretty good. <laughs> um, but I I call bullshit on some of this science. Um, but I, at the same time, I it didn't like bog me down. I, sure. Like I still um, bought into it. It was like enough believable. So I might say like four. Okay. Yeah. Just for like some of that, but. But again, not not enough that it got in the way for me. Yeah, I think I'm maybe more or less of the same mind, so probably like a three or a four. Because as we always learn in these movies, sometimes the science part really gets like... Weak. Meh. Um, <laughs> and this definitely had resonances of that, <laughs> for and, sure. And I mean, it's science fiction. I get right. it. I get it. Right, like, right. But I would have appreciated maybe a little touch more on precisely what was happening you know like I would have liked yeah. a little bit more of that not yeah. very much more but just a little bit more and then I would have been like okay fine like that's what we're doing here we are yeah um yeah. so finally did you like this movie and would you recommend it you know what like surprisingly I usually <laughs> usually you're have... like no and no <laughs> Yeah, usually it's no and no, or it's like yes, but this that. I think right. that I would. I think this is I a general be, blanket. Anyone yeah, could watch think, this and enjoy it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe there would be like some people who are not into horror, but I don't even really think it's that horror-y. I don't think no. it's too sciency. Like, um, yeah, I would. I would. I did like it, and I would recommend it. Yeah, I think especially. For people who want to watch a scary movie, but where gore and other kinds of things and blood are, like, not for you, um, yeah. this one really does a good job of being, like, fun and scary, but not, like, going to, like, keep you up at night 
with troubles. Like even the yeah, bone cracking man was only like in the context of the world of like what exists now. I was like, this is like watching the ring and the well girl fr- from like 20 years ago. Oh, and ago. it's not so even like, as scary as that because yeah. that like, <laughs> don't get me started on like the first time I saw that, that right. was terrifying. But, um, yeah, no, I would, I wouldn't say like, if you're a fan of scary movies, I don't think this will do it in no. terms of like giving you that scare factor. No, but you will probably still enjoy it. But you'll still enjoy same. it. Again, I would categorize it psychological thriller rather than Agreed. horror sci-fi. But Agreed. And I actually feel like there should be more. I feel like psychological thrillers are are like a genre that has been kind of forgotten lately. It's, I would say it might be my favorite genre, to be honest. I like, really like I love it. horror, just straight horror, but um, psychological thrillers are great to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So this is a 104 thumbs up review yep. from Amy and I. Definitely and give it a And that's rare, watch. folks. It's uh, extremely rare, rare indeed. <laughs> um, and then as well, like to add to the kind of reason why you might want to do this is like you get to see an all-black cast which again, um, in it's the on sci-fi Amazon Prime. land is hard to do. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So it's very easy to access. It's spooky month. Yep. If you're looking for something where like I'm going to watch it and then I still will go to sleep at a reasonable time, this is yep. absolutely a good one for the Halloween season. So yep. what a rollicking success <laughs> we've had today. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, Amy. I am Sarah and we will see you next week. In space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.